When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating All right, welcome back, Finns fans. This is Coach coming at you live on the Inside Leverage podcast, exclusively on the Fans First Network. We are here today to kind of go over and review the game that happened on Black Friday between the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, We have some thoughts and observations we'd like to share with you. Hopefully, everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Guys, how we how we feeling about uh, what we what we witnessed last Friday? Coach, when I when I look at that uh, Jets game, man, that 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 was what I mean. At, at times it wasn't pretty, but we got the job done. And like the the the, the great Al Davis said, just win, baby. But then when I look at that that Jet game, I I take away um, a lot of good things. You look at that offensive line really still doing what they need to do. Specifically, the offense we're still ranked top five right now, run game. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Raheem Oster is still top two running back in the league right now, correct? Correct. And that's a testament to Bush Berry, the offensive line, getting after it, getting the run game. And that third quarter was what we wanted to see all season. Run the ball. Oh, my goodness. That's the one I wanted to see. I I, I am with you on that. I, I miss the days where you could – seven, eight minutes, nine-minute drive of getting first downs and just, like, it's a disheartening drive because, hey, we got them a second and nine. Oh, third and one, first down. And we keep the drive. I didn't even care about the touchdown, but the fact that they didn't think that that drive it was a beautiful thing. We we I, we didn't do that last year. And we, we did it against one of the most prolific defenses on the, on the NFL. I, I took, to me, this game, means a lot more than people are giving us credit for it. They just look at the the the, the wins and loss record, but it's, it's bigger than that. It's a divisional opponent, and it's, and it's huge, man. I'll tell you what, guys. Listen, they did, or I should say we did, what we were supposed to do. I'm going to hit you with a couple things. The Jets had the number five pass defense in the league. They were, they were allowing 179 yards a game. Oos passed for 243 yards. The Jets had the 30th rushing defense. They were allowing 138 yards a game. 
we ran for 167 on them. The Jets were also giving up a little over 20 points a game. They were ranked 11th. We The offense scored 27 on them. And the Jets' offense was the 32nd ranked scoring offense at 13 and a half points. Our defense allowed only 13. We held them to 13 points that game. The division games are never easy. We know that. But they did exactly what they had to do. Was it a perfect game? No. I know Tua will say that. Teron Armstead today said it in response to somebody's tweet about his play during that game. The crazy thing is that we're not a finished product yet. We are continuing to improve. And we're coming up to the hardest part of our schedule. So we might be, we just might be peaking at the right time. What do you guys think about that? I think it's happening, man. And we're getting all our horses back when we need to get them. The defense is getting on point. And it gives you time to get the office in line to gel, which is, has been doing a miraculous job. Like with these, it's like, it's like the Batman utility belt. You know what I mean? You don't know what we got in each pocket and he, whoever's in the play, but it's, it, it's going to do something and work out. So shout out to Butch Barry. It has, he has the guys humming, man. Listen, uh, Connor Williams, number one, made us center this week. Uh, Austin Jackson and, and another great job. Teach that even even though he didn't finish the game, Kendall Lamb came. Keon Smith and Kendall Lamb played. Uh, listen, I I I do believe we're peaking. I do believe it, and I see what we're doing. Shout out to Christian Wilkins with two sacks. Shout out to uh, Jalen Phillips with the sack. Uh, I'm I, I'm gonna really start getting excited because when I started the season, I said the defense was going to be better than the offense. And people was like, French, what does that mean? That means Super Bowl, guys. That means this defense is rearing up and playing at such a high level right now. We are starting to see it peak. And we haven't crescendoed yet. I feel like that crescendo will start at about the end of the season as we start our playoff run. But what I will say, and I know everybody has something they want to say about JP going down and su- such a loss to this unit, such a loss to the to the to the defensive group, man. We we're definitely rocking with you, man. We're going to be with you every step of this way of this recovery, rooting for you. Um, but when you when you when you look at who came in behind them, Ogba coming in, making a, a, an immediate effect. That is what you call a Super Bowl defense when you you have a bad string of luck where you lose a great player like JP, but you have a 91 to come in and look like a little cam weight. Man, I'm starting to feel good about this defense. Better and better every Sunday. Was there anybody that stood out to you all that 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 flashed off the screen? Ogba and Van Ginkle, man. The fact that you lost 15 and you came back with, with, with Van Ginkle and, and Ogba, and it was good for the team. They, it, we didn't lose a step. I, I, I'm, of course, you can't replace Jalen Phillips with one player, but you can replace him with two or three in, the, in a great scheme and a great, great coaching. And I think we have that. I don't, I don't, I don't think. I know we have that. This is I, if it was any position that we could lose a player, it's definitely that defensive line. One of the things I, I want to shout out is the discipline of that defensive unit on that interception to get the ball all the way down for a touchdown without making any boneheaded plays. It's so easy for somebody to make an illegal block or hands to the face or crack back 
or some boneheaded play to ruin a great drive. And to have a drive like that where Hollins picks the ball off and runs it all the way back for a touchdown to give you momentum going into halftime, that almost is the play of the game. Wait, but speaking of that, French, let's talk about – I want to bring something up. You're talking about the defense. They are seventh in total defense right now. Seventh. Top ten defense. Eleventh against the pass. Six against the rush. And third, number three in the league, in sacks. I mean, you talk about a 180, <laughs> okay? Not a 360, but a 180 that this defense has had from the beginning of the season. Where did we start? Where did we start, Coach? Didn't we start to like 20? Uh, I think off the top, probably even the beginning. Of, we were in the top game one. We were in the twenties, I think. Yeah, Chad, yeah I'm pretty sure. Before the defense started the season, was it like twenty three or twenty five? I, I believe we were like twenty six, somewhere around that in that area. We started out pretty um, putrid in in the run department. I, I believe we started out like thirty first um, after that Chargers game, and for for a while that kind of lingered on and skewed the stats. I remember us having conversations about the rush defense, and Hawaii was like. It was basically a sieve. Everybody was running up and down the field, and a lot of us were saying, just give it time. The chemistry with the linebackers improved dramatically, and we, we've seen an increasing um, comfort in the roles of the guys up front from as far as Wilkins, Sealer, and everyone playing off of each other, and and Chubb, and, and Phillips was peaking, even though he was dealing with injuries. Van Ginkle stepped in and, and was performing at a high level as a report a replacement level um, player who was was arguably the best pass rusher on the team for the early part of the season, right? Like he's paying for a contract. He 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 is playing right now. He took a prove it deal. And listen, if we if we keeps playing, he's gonna end up with maybe what he eight sacks, and this role is only gonna get get bigger for him. Nah, man. I I Van Ginkle's he 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 was a bright spot when when Jalen Phillips was hurt, and it was like it was no drop off. Yeah, what I was going to say is that, uh, you know, and I always bring him up because he's quickly becoming one of my favorite players on the team. There's no coincidence that the defense started playing better once Jalen Ramsey came back. It, it, it gives it gives it gives Fangio such a chess piece to be able to say, OK, guys, we don't have to worry about coverage as much because we have Ramsey and X back there. The dogs up front can do whatever and just rush the passer and execute whatever the plan is with the defense to do. But there was a big – I mean, they were already improving, but once five came back. I I think they were clicking. They were trending upwards from the Buffalo game. What Big Banjo did is like, look, bro, that's why he didn't come back earlier because they were playing so good that he wanted – hey, listen, what Cinco did, I, I think the conference confidence levels that he gave the, the catered cohorts – and every time, if you, if you watch the game, when he has the rap, he talks to the kids. He talks to me, hey, man, get the technique and stuff like that. So, yeah, Cinco makes a huge difference. It's not just – I don't even think it's the play. It's just his leadership, man, the way he I talks agree. to these kids, man. It's, it's, it's different. It's levels to it. Well, the, the one thing I, I just want to talk about specifically with the defense is, is there anybody that you feel like on the defense uh, can, can, you, can you take a little bit more out the pot and put it on their plate? I think it's gonna definitely. You might not agree with me, you guys. I I'm gonna give you two names. Maybe you guys we could bounce off of that. And I'm I'm saying 
hey man, uh, Duke Riley and a Channing Tindall. If you don't want to take away from like, if you don't want to make Big Bad just switch up his hits like formations or go like heavy nickels or dimes and stuff like that, maybe Channing Tindall. Maybe this is your, this is the what you needed now. Maybe this is the, this is the time you get your call to be playing middle linebacker or something for us. Uh, Duke Riley, he was here to coverage. We brought him back. Hey man, maybe you have. Maybe we could tap into that. That's where I'm at. Well, I can tell you, and and uh, I think it was a pretty significant uh, transaction we just had. And um, I'm I'm hoping Chad can can uh, share some some light on this situation. But uh, we signed JPP this uh, this afternoon, so he should be able to provide some depth and some leadership with uh, his veteran presence on that defensive line since we did lose Jalen Phillips for the year during that jet game. Yeah, the Jason Pierre-Paul um, addition, is, is, it's a veteran signing, a player with championship acumen coming in who's been there and done it, you know what I mean? And he still has some left in the tank from what he showed last year. I'm I'm excited about it from from a depth perspective. I'm not sure if he'll eventually assume a starting role. Um, I think that'll be dictated um, from his play on the field, how how fast he picks things up, how how much of uh, Vic Fangio's trust he can gain, because Vic Fangio's all about trust, and if if he, if he trusts you, you'll play. So if he can gain his trust and he can show that he can be an asset. Um, I think he can be a, a nice pickup for us and, and really ease the loss of a Jalen Phillips up front for us, especially on the edge. Let me interject, if I may here, sir. I don't think he's going to see the field. And it's really? not because of, of his lack of talent or anything. I just think that this team right now, these guys that we have in this squad, they're so in tune and so ready to ball out that man, it's going to be hard for you to get Van Ginkle off that line right now. It's going to be really hard for you to get OG off that line. OG got four sacks. He got, bro, his stats, you could say garbage stats and sacks, but offense has been eating. For you to come at the middle of the season, you haven't played a team, you got to learn a lot. I don't know if you ever played a scheme. I think right now he's a one-trick pony right now, which get not, not, not talking about his game, but I know what he's great at is rushing the passer. So right now, if he could show that you're a better pass rusher than Van Ginkle or Ogba, you're going to get in there to just do that. And then, but I don't think Vic Vanjie likes one-trick ponies. So I, I'm i curious to see how and how fast he gets on the field and who he takes play away from. There's a lot of lineups you could do. You could put him, you could put him, you could put him as a fast D tackle you, or have him as a, a as a right, right end technique in the 3-4 formation. So there's a lot of things they could do with him. But I, I think he might, if he sticks around, if he keeps his head down, it might be like a playoff type situation. These guys are humming right now. But I might be wrong. He might get on next week. Hey, man, he's talented. I'm eager to see what he has and what he can provide. And if he is stepping in, providing snaps and taking snaps from some of these guys, that means that it's iron, sharpening iron, and we are causing havoc at the line of, at the line of scrimmage. And hopefully that gives Tua and this offense more opportunities to get that 35, 40 points a game, which is my magic number. I think for me, bro, like, honestly, um, there's been a conversation about Agba and his lack of comfortability standing up as an edge rusher. 
and um, we we run a lot of two four five nickel sets type of things where you know that's kind of required and axed of you as an edge rusher. So with a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul having that comfortability, that could allow him to to get on the field um, a little faster and allow Agba to be put into situations where maybe he's that um, you know pass rushing defensive tackle or you know three four DN type of role where he can get his hand in the dirt and get a little bit more comfortability. And maybe even with that, you can still stun and twist and, you know what I mean, pirate stun or whatever you want to do in that in those different alignments that you're alluding to. So I think that having a guy like that, it, it allows you to free other people up some and, and to do some unique things with him. And even if not for nothing, just his presence alone and, and a being a guy that's been there and done that, he can be a, a veteran presence in the locker room to keep guys kind of focus and to kind of give guys that extra push like hey he's coming for my job so maybe that uh, maybe that that makes uh Andrew Van Ginkle take it up another notch you know what I mean or Agba take it up another notch you know what I mean and fear that you know someone else can be thrust into the mix and and take snaps from them and increasing the extra hunger so um just just we'll see where it goes it's 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 kind of like a Chase Claypool-esque type of move where, you know, whatever you get from it, it it's kind of all bonus money. You're not really depending on JPP to come in and save the season. All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of Inside Leverage. We'll be coming to you with a couple more episodes throughout the week. But until then, keep stacking them days. <laughs>